It's back to school time. Are you ready? Whether you have children entering the classroom or you're gearing up for the second half of the year, Amy Williams is here to coach us through the transitions so that we can ease the drama and smooth out the rough spots. Right here, right now on Polly Campbell Simply Said. Welcome to Polly Campbell Simply Said. This is the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And you know, there are lots of ways of doing this, right? This is this is multi-layered to find joy and be grateful and to be present and really experience the ups and downs of our lives. But one of the things I think is essential to this is learning how to navigate the transitions of our lives. Because whether they're positive or negative, you know, whether we're embarking on a new job or career, entering school, whether we're moving to a new house or a new relationship, all those good transitions can also invoke stress and chaos and drama. And I'll tell you what, the older I get, I I think I used to be more of a bringer of drama, but the older I get, I want my life to have ease in it. I want to notice the moments of my life and not be freaking out all the time. So today I'm thinking about this a lot because I have a daughter who's about to enter her senior year in high school in a week. And for me too, September has always been a time of transition long before I had kids. I don't know if it's because we're all on the school year schedule for so long because we're students ourselves or if it's because it's a changing of the seasons. Uh, You know, we leave the bold, brash summer into something maybe a little more subtle or a little more nourishing or for some people a little darker. And so September is always a time when I'm thinking about how my year's going, if I'm achieving, if I'm headed in the direction I want to go with my life, with my career, with my health. And it's a time to take stock. And sometimes that's uncomfortable because I have to sit in there and say, oh, wow, it's already September and here's what I'm doing. And I want to work on this or I need to build this part of my business or whatever it is. So you know what I'm talking about. We all have transitions in our life. And I brought in the expert today to talk about how to help, how we can stop freaking out every time something changed. We have Amy Williams here on the show today. Welcome, Amy. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Hey, I've got a lot I want to know. I mean, you go into these classrooms, you work with families in their living rooms, and you say straight up on your website that that you take these moments of chaos and discomfort and and help us feel calm again with with educators, with families. You help us take a deep breath and move through it. Is that that how you would describe your work? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I've had the honor of having decades working with children and educators and families. And it's been pretty amazing to hear um, and to walk alongside educators and families through all sorts of things, mostly things that bring about big emotions. Like how do you handle when things get hairy, when things get, (laughs) all the feelings start to flood in. And certainly transitions can bring in a lot of that. So I'm, I'm there to help about that for sure. I think I think how you said that is really important and really interesting. You said help us handle big emotions. You didn't say bad emotions. 
You yeah. said big emotions, right? Sure. Well, all the emotions, big and small and medium size, um, exist. And it's part of what makes us human is we have we have small feelings and we also have big feelings that can feel incredibly overwhelming, especially when you're, you know, three years old, but also when you're 33 or 53. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that's interesting. When my daughter was real young, I underestimated the depth of her feelings. She just expressed it in a different way when she was in her kindergarten than she does now. Now I'm seeing it and I'm playing off that a little bit, right? She's a senior. She's ready to do different things. I find myself sometimes projecting my own discomfort Mm -hmm. into her experience. That's not a great place to be. I don't want to be that kind of grown up. Sure. And, and it might be not, True. Um, she could be, you know, fine and ready to go and feeling confident and comfortable. And it's our own stuff that gets in the way. And then we make up a story, you know, tip of the hat to Brene Brown, the to <laughs> make up a story about what's going on based on our own experiences and our own idea about this is what's probably going to happen. So this is what's happening. And oftentimes that can be fiction. And based on that story, because I'm a storyteller writer, so I really Mm -hmm. subscribe and relate to this. Based on that story, we create certain outcomes. Then I might, I might be the source of the drama in in our relationship. Then, right? If I'm playing off as an assumption. Sure, sure. Have you ever been in a situation where we're in the big feeling, and everybody around us is sort of looking at us like? Oh, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that yes, I have been in that in that spot. I feel myself yeah. freaking out a little. Or you know what happens in in my house is my nature is to then batten down the hatches. Okay, let's control everything, right? And sure. and my research and and your work is not about that. It's about managing and living with all of that. Right, right, and sitting with the discomfort, which can be really hard. But you know, Polly, what happens is when we can um, allow ourselves to pause and feel that emotion, and especially in our relationship with children, in to recognize that emotion, like, wow, this this looks really hard, or wow, you seem really upset, or I could see how you'd be furious about that. Oftentimes, just taking those few moments and it's like an investment. <laughs> you invest it the few moments or the few minutes ahead of time. And then the feeling is recognized and expressed and, and noticed and validated. And then we can all move on. I mean, that's a human um, part of our human nature is to be seen and heard and recognized. And certainly when we've got big emotions to have somebody there alongside us without judgment and with as much, um, love and and respect as possible, um, we can more easily move through those big feelings and get to the other side of, okay, that's a big feeling. I got it. All will be well. I'm ready. And then move through that. I think that's valuable. Uh, I think that's really essential. I have a lot of ideas going on in my head, but, but Mm -hmm. Without judgment, you said. So this isn't about identifying a bad emotion or a good emotion right. or you're right or wrong. This is about just saying, oh, he's angry right now or I'm feeling stressed right now. Sure, sure. And to talk to talk a little bit about bad emotion and good emotion, um, we often decide from for whatever reason that 
these particular emotions are bad and these are good. I, you know, anger, bad, sadness, bad, <laughs> despair, bad, um, happiness, good, excitement, good, joy, good, all of that. So when we feel discomfort, we decide that those emotions are bad. And what I'd like to see is all of us just to say, okay, it's, they're all part of the human experience. So I'm going to be devastated and I'm going to be angry and I'm going to be annoyed. And whatever all those feelings that would be on the list of bad feelings are part of it, right? So they're not bad, not good. They just are. Do we want to move away from them because they are uncomfortable? Sure. <laughs> Of course, but oftentimes, and get this, if we don't recognize them and we say in, a, in whatever, through our actions or through our, um, through our own words to ourselves or to the others, well, I don't have time to be mad right now, or now is not the time to be angry, or, you know, this is not socially acceptable. We can take a look at, okay, how am I expressing this? And what's the impact on others? Is my anger impacting another person in a way that's not so helpful or kind or respectful? Then I will check myself. Now, does that come with a lot of um, maturity and experience and self-reflection and humility and all that? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, when I'm my best grown up, right? When I have that <laughs> maturity, I, I really find that discomfort to be motivating for me because of all the things you said. We don't want to sit in that, but until I recognize what my experience is, I don't know whether there's, you know, first of all, I think all emotion is there to help us if we pay attention, right? Mm -hmm. if, if I never notice the contrast between when I feel loved or loving or angry or sad, then I would just be stuck in this situation all the time. Whereas when I can pause long enough to say, oh, that's interesting. I'm feeling really sad right now. That's interesting. Then it can motivate me to choose a different behavior or sure. approach to my life, which can be useful. Exactly. I mean, our emotions are there to give us information. You know, do I want to move toward this situation, circumstance, person, relationship, or do I want to move away yeah. from that circumstance or relationship or person? Yeah. What do you think happens in this season, in September, in fall? It seems like a perfect storm for many people. The, the kids are often going and change. The, the adults, the grown-ups, the parents are often going and change. The workforce, right? They're all coming back from this crazy summer vacation, people in different routines. And now we're back in the offices or working again without vacation on the horizon. It feels like a, all this energy bouncing off. Do you see that in your work? I do. I do. Especially with my work, um, with children and educators and with families as well, the big shift back to school. I mean, they're back to school sales and back to school this. And so you see in our culture, we're inundated with, this is a big thing. This is a big transition. And it is, it is. So when our children go through or are headed toward a big transition, there are things that we can do to, to support them and in turn supports us as well. All right. I want to talk about some of those specifics. We're going to take a quick break, come back with Amy Williams, who's going to talk to us about how we can ease from the chaos into calm in our households, in our workplaces, in our lives. When we come back right here, I'm Polly Campbell Simply Said, part of the best business network of Electrocast. We'll be right back.
Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Tulusma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Tulusma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Welcome back. You're listening to Polly Campbell Simply Said. This is the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And today we're talking about how to move through transition, specifically the back to school season, right? We're moving into fall, whether you have kids in school or not. It's a transition for our communities. And Amy Williams, founder of the Amy Williams Academy, she works with educators in their classrooms. She works with parents and families about how to navigate these transitions. And Amy, before we went to break, you were saying there are specific things we can do during the back to school season that can really help ease the chaos, settle us down in our houses and and work with all these competing energies to make a smooth transition or a smoother transition, right? Sure, sure. What are some (laughs) things we can try? Um, I believe that information is power. So and is powerful. So the more information that you could share and find out um, and and talk with your with your children about uh, the better right? So if we know it's a brand new school, or um, is it a different um, space? Is it a different community? So for younger children, is it their first time going to school? Is it their first time going to a new building? Is it their first time, whatever, what is the first time um, event, right? So depending on what the first time event is, we could take a look at, huh, how can I best prepare my child to to make this transition? Where is it going to be? Let's do a practice run. Let's do a practice run to see how long it takes to get from home to school. Um, if your child is older and or wa- is walking to school on their own, let's do a practice run. Let's just see how long it takes to get from front porch to cl- first class, right? <laughs> yeah, it's going to take 15 minutes, not five. <laughs> so we got to leave at this time instead of this time. So doing some practice run, like a run through, if you will, is is often helpful. Um, Helping our child ahead of time have the tools that they need, right? The back to school shopping can be really fun and can be full of despair, (laughs) depending (laughs) on what is on that back to school list or what are the expectations? And do I have the resources to get all that? Right. So that can add some layers of um, of discomfort in there as well. But preparing for that first day and having conversations to talk it through and to imagine it. Right. Even what are you going to wear the first day? Where's your what 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 pants, what outfit? What are you going to wear? What do you need on the first morning? Right. Is that all set up? Is the bathroom set up so that you could get ready? (laughs) Do you have all your stuff that you need? Right. 
So getting organized is really helpful. I think that is so helpful for me too, for the parent too, right? Because my routine is going to be different when she's gone all day again. And (laughs) I'm dealing with a different work schedule and different getting up schedule perhaps or whatever. Um, I remember like the first year my daughter was in school, like she we would be ready for the bus and she would walk out without shoes on. You know, I <laughs> underestimated some of the crazy things that and she wasn't being bad. She was just not thinking about shoes, right? Well, and, coming off the summer, summer is barefoot <laughs> summer, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I underestimated it even now as, uh, as a senior in high school, she entered high school, like so many kids, her first year in high school was all online thanks to COVID. So the sophomore mm-hmm. year we had real upset and it didn't occur to me. She'd never been in this huge school before and she'd never sure. been around these teachers before. And, and we should have done a dry run. Why? I think the practice yeah. is a really important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Practice is important and choices are important. Where can your child be independent and make choices? what they're going to wear, what they're going to have for lunch, what they'd like to have for breakfast. So offering choices that are developmentally appropriate, like for young, younger children, preschoolers, at you know, young elementary, I would keep choices short, you know, this, that, this or that for lunch, or maybe three choices as they get older. And as they continue to get older, uh, late middle school, high school, then they could choose from, you know, what's in the fridge. Mm, okay. <laughs> and, and if you've done some, you could do some practice runs uh, in that way too, right? Or if you're, for example, if you're making and packing a lunch to go, then practice that and then make a lunch, pack a lunch and then go for a picnic or do that kind of practice to say, okay, what else, what all do I need? Oh shoot. I forgot a fork or I forgot a napkin or I forgot this. So you can, practice that ahead of time. So the first day of school or the first weeks of school, they're more confident and rehearsed in that aspect, right? Now, in some ways, new anything, right? New school, new family, new house, there's going to be bumps. Do we let those bumps go? Do we let the kid, if they, if the high schooler doesn't leave time in the morning or night to pack their lunch, do we let them go without lunch? How how mm. do we navigate that sense of independence? It's hard for parents to know the line too. That's tricky because we we all know <laughs> what happens when you don't eat, and we all know have experienced hangry, and <laughs> and I might I I don't know I might come across as kind of a a jerk, but what is the natural consequence if you go to soccer practice and you forget your cleats? You know, what's the natural consequence? You sit on the sidelines. Oh, can you give me a call? And oh, mama, can you bring that? I forgot that. I forgot that. Now, there are times when, sure, if if you can help them out, sure. And let us be mindful. Is my helping out creating a dependence on me helping them out? Or am I helping them practice their own independence and realizing I am capable? I can get all the things in my soccer bag that I need. I can remember all the things that I need in my lunchbox, in my lunch bag, or in my school bag to go to school. Oh, I forgot my homework, or I forgot my whatever it is. <laughs> I forgot my laptop. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, and I'm, I know you see this a lot in your experience. I like the idea of um, my daughter recognizing that whatever situation she's in now and forever forward, that she's capable of handling it. She might not want to be in that situation, but sure. I like that she is learning that, okay, I'm not going to have a meltdown because I know I'm capable of getting through the upset. Right, right. And as a parent, we we want to stay in as close to the place of being um, considerate and respectful. And we also want to help our children experience consequences that sometimes are uncomfortable. Um, it's often in that struggle and in that discomfort is that's where great learning happens. And so if I realize, ah, oh, I'm going to my grade is going to be impacted because I didn't turn this in on time. Am I going to get that in my backpack first thing tomorrow? You betcha. Or do I need some tools to help me remember? Um, that's where partnering with the with educators and with teachers, maybe school counselors, and partnering with your kid themselves. What would help you remember? Would a to do list? Would a you know a dry erase board? What kind of assistance can you use? I, I mean, I'm sure there's a an app for all sorts of things, <laughs> right? A checklist to create. Do I have everything I need for soccer? Do I have everything I need for English lit? Amy, hearing you talk, it occurs to me that you are not answering questions. You are bringing up other ways of thinking about the situation. I mean, you're answering my questions directly, but in the way you're proposing we talk to our kids or each other, you're bringing up options instead of do it this way or do it that way. You're not that rigid in your thinking. Oh, gosh, I hope not. And, and that's because my belief that every human is an individual and every child is different. So what's going to work with your kid is not is going to work differently for my kid. Right. I had two daughters and they were similar in many ways and they were different. So what would help Abby remember what to do? for to get ready to get to school or to get ready for this or whatever was different than what worked for Millie. And so we had to figure out, okay, what processes work? How does their brain work? What is their, you know, what is, what about their brain and their body and their spirit will help them be successful? And how can you help them figure out those tools that make them successful? This is the parenting. And yeah. you know, they grow and they mature. And then what works last year, doesn't work this year or something else works better or differently this year. So that's where we get to remain agile. Yeah. But, you know, I, I like that. And when I, when I said about my own transition into fall, I, I, that's part of it. Like I'm evolving too, right? We are not the same people as we were last summer or two years ago. We have evolved into hopefully into our grown up status too, or our age ourselves. So we're learning and moving and, and that's going to change our families and how we interact with each other too, a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and with that, I, I just want to give your listeners a, a reminder of how important it is to stay um, connected with your child. And certainly when our children grow and become middle schoolers and teenagers, it is the work of middle schoolers and teenagers to grow more and more independent and away from us. So when we feel like, Oh, <laughs> the you know, the testosterone silence that happens when they come in, throw their stuff down, go in their room, shut the door, and we don't see them until they're hungry, <laughs> right? And, and 
I mean, that's a, that's kind of an extreme, but that, that happens. <laughs> it, it does happen. And where do we can, how can we support that? Because that's what humans do. That's part of what's developmentally expected for older children is to become their own independent selves away from us, right. To practice their own competence and independence and confidence as well is to do things apart from us and without our help. And yeah. will there be bumps in the road? Heck yeah. Um, they're not ready to go when the car leaves and then the car leaves. So how are you going to get to school? Yeah. And that's, you know, that sounds a little harsh. And I'm sure your listeners are going, oh my gosh, Amy, that's just terrible. You're just going to leave them at home. They could figure it out. How will they, what will they figure out? We have no idea. And they will find a way. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and trust your kid. We've had a couple of those bumps where, you know, my business was going on and and I was pleasantly surprised about how that situation was problem solved and it never happened again. Right. For sure. I did it. I yeah. did it. It was hard. And I'm a little bit mad at you for making me have to go through that because it was uncomfortable. And I might be mad at you for a little while, mama or daddy or, or auntie. Um, and I learned from that. Through the struggle comes a lot of learning. You you could say that those same words to me because it's hard to be the parent in that situation when yeah. now you're you know your kids are around and they're upset and you're wondering if you should have done it anyhow and you're second guessing and but we all learn from that and sure. and that's part of the growth I think as parents we have I think part of the joy and and difficulty is that I get to grow too um, mm -hmm. in ways I didn't expect or know. And you know what? We as the adults need to role model that as well, right? So if we want our children to read a book, then let them see us read a book. If we want your child to have a love of nature, then let them see us have a love of nature, right? Yeah. Come join me on this hike. Help me, help me tune my guitar, you know? <laughs> and in those moments of eye to eye connection, that's where relationships deepen, so much, so much. Really important stuff. Amy William, how can we get in touch with you and get your help and work with you? Right on. Yes, I welcome that. Um, AmyWilliamsAcademy.com is my website. And there is where you can see all the things that I do. I've got, um, I have spaces. I'm taking individual one-on-one -on -one clients with uh, parents who want coaching. I work with educators. I've got classes coming up for educators as well. So I'm available and AmyWilliamsAcademy.com is the place to find me. Listen, I think we need to go through life with thought, right? We get this experience and we can make it what we want with learning and growth and everything can be interesting. So give some thought to this. Think about how you want to transition into fall with your kids, with your partner, with your workplace, whatever it is that you're moving into next. Think about, intend what you want to create and then start the conversation with the people right. you're in relationship with. I think even if things aren't so-called resolved, if you don't get the answers you want to hear, you're going to learn something and then we'll all do better. You sure. can find me at polycampbell.com. Join my Substack community at polycampbell.substack.com. And you can learn more about Simply Said, the guests we have on the show, the book you recharged. Uh, and, and let's move into community and keep talking about these things. Thank you for being here, Amy Williams.
Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Now, listeners, remember this week, have that conversation. Think about what you want to create in your life. And when we take time to pause and do that, we will all live well, do good, and be happy. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electrocast. Electric acid.